This is a City of Crestview podcast. Welcome to Season 2 of Civic View. My name is Chance Levins and I'm your digital media specialist here at the City of Crestview. The goal of Civic View is to keep our citizens informed and entertained while maintaining a sense of transparency between you and your local government. And here at City Hall and all across the city, we value that communication as well as civic engagement, and we hope this podcast will continue to be a source of both. So let's get started. Hello, Crestview, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Civic View. So um, today's episode is going to be about the past and the future. That is right. We're doing another episode where we are reflecting on the past, so we're going to have some fun with that, and um, we're going to relay that and apply it to kind of what's happening now, actually, um, with some of the growth and expansion that we have going on and what I would consider uh, the southern part of town. Um, So... Uh, to to talk about the difference and the reason why I call that the southern part of town, the way expansion is working, I have uh, two uh, same guests I had last time for our history podcast. I have Nick Nicholas Schwinn, our GIS and uh, um, planning works in our growth management, or well, I guess it's CDS now, right? Yeah. Okay. CDS GIS. Yep. And A lot of acronyms. Uh, yeah. What's the CDS stand for? Community Development Services. That's right. Community Development Services. All right. So I, I have Nick on for that. And then I also have our uh, local uh, historian in-house um, and our public information officer, um, Brian Hughes. Thanks for joining me, Brian. Glad to be here. All right. So, um, yeah. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to lay this one out in an interesting way. We're going to start by talking a little bit about um, the 70s. In Crestview in the 70s, uh, we're going to base that on growth and expansion and things like that. And what happened in one of our catalysts that we're going to use is going to be the introduction of the interstate and when it came through town and kind of what it did to development uh, at that time and uh, what happened. So first I want to start with um, uh, Nick so we can get a little bit of the statistical data out of the way (laughs) early on. And uh, so I know that, um, so it was 72 when the interstate came in, is that right? 73. 73. I believe is when the interstate came in. Okay. And uh, so when when that happened, I know that it, it had an effect on our Main Street area, um, and Brian probably knows more about that. I mean, I only have a little bit of family history experience um, from what my grandparents told me because I'm not old enough to remember, uh, but I know that there was still some commerce on Main Street in the northern part of town. And then when the interstate came through, uh, some of that went away uh, because it affected the, was it an Amtrak at that time or just a train station, Brian? Uh, Yeah, it was still the L&N Railway at the time. Amtrak didn't come in until later in the 70s. But yeah, it, it definitely had an impact. And already railroads in the U.S. were on the decline. And this just further exasperated the process. And, you know, everybody was taking to the roads. We had our big behemoth cars with those massive bumpers and uh, awful gas mileage, but who cared? And it, it, it definitely drew people down to the interstate areas because that's where a lot of the commerce started growing. And, you know, you can see that in Crestview on Main Street and Highway 90 and, you know, the 
car dealerships move from con- uh, Highway 90 uh, down the south of I-10 on 85. Yeah, we kind of develop our own car city. Yeah. Uh, got our a, own down there. It's a small there. car city, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it had a definite impact. And, and passenger rail was declining as more and more people took to the air as well. So. Yeah. So we, okay, I didn't even think about the air travel. So we're a little bit off topic but so it's okay so it's a good point though i mean around that time there is a movement to explore america via car because the interstate system is finally really blooming and coming into its own and so people are not taking trains people are flying more for business and driving more for pleasure and fuel is probably not i mean this was well when did when was the fuel crisis that was in the 80s, wasn't it? Uh, 75. 70s? Yeah, I had just I, gotten my license. I wasn't alive. No. <laughs> yeah, it dates me. I had just gotten my license. The mayor and I were talking about this this morning, and we were talking about gas lines, and I remember mom would always send me down to sit in the gas line, so I'd bring my book, and the local luncheonette started capitalizing on it, would send out their waitresses with drinks and stuff in a shopping cart until somebody complained. Uh, but I said, hey, that's... Don't hold back capitalism, man. That's good. I know. Yeah. It's the American spirit. Come on. And well, I appreciated the cold drink. Yeah. The only gas lines I've sat in are after hurricanes. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Been in them, too. <laughs> so, okay. So back back to it. All right. So the interstate comes through. And as my grandmother would say, we didn't have those GIs getting off the trains anymore, uh, hitting our Main Street area, because they were not on trains. They were driving vehicles and going south. Yeah. And so... Um, Nick, I, I want to let you kind of take us through what the city limits, because that's part of what we're going to talk about ultimately, looked like in the 70s for Crestview. So to kind of paint a picture, 1972 or 1973 is pretty much smack dab in the middle of our city's existence. Uh, so the original city limits were established in 1923. 1972 is 50 years past that about. And then 50 years past that is 2021. That's where we are now. So when the city was made, it was when it was established by state law, it was 638 acres. By 1972, it had grown by 2,500 acres, and it was about 3,200 acres. And then now it's it's about 11,000 acres. So in that first 50 years, or in the, the second 50 years, period between 72 and now it grew about three times as much and in 1972 the the notable thing is is that the city limits ended at applin road on the south they stretched up to the the high school a little bit on the north and then it ended at Limburg on the west and around henderson and valley on the east so it was really just a big rectangle okay so we we had a we had a um Basically, we had what you would think of as a more traditional, um, you know, city limits in the sense of it was like a, you know, like you would see on a map or something like that. You know, it was just like a pretty little square, basically. And we were in this area that had grown, I'm assuming, from around the Main Street area and expanded out from there. Like we talked about in the last History Podcast, that original area that was established was directly surrounding the railroad like it, it was centered on the railroad yeah because that was our like our main you yeah. know as we talked about that was our main center and for commerce and all of that main street yeah was still the heart of the city which it still is yeah 
you know, it's it was a focal point. Uh, my roommate was uh, in high school in the early '70s, and he talks about the going downtown. And actually, I did a very interesting history walk with him uh, and Span from the Historic Preservation Board, um, Tracy Curantin, who's president of the North Okaloosa Historical Society, and we did a Main State Main Street history walk um, last year, right after New Year's, and just started at the courthouse and walked south and had lunch down at Hub City, turned around and walked north. And all everybody did was just, uh, they reminisced about, oh yeah, we used to buy shoes there or mama would go into there and get material. And that's where dad would buy mom's Christmas present at that jewelry store and, and then tell funny stories about the different characters down there. But that was still very, very much the focus of the city. You know, the Fox Theater was still running and, you know, I've looked at old uh, listings of movies they had. And, you know, you were getting pretty much all the big blockbusters were getting there. Yeah. And the kids from the history or no, the English classes at the high school would go watch Romeo and Juliet. They would always screen that for them. And then everybody would giggle when you saw Leonard Whiting's naked rump. So you know, they <laughs> had lots of cultural growth in the city. That's a <laughs> Romeo and Juliet deep cut for some of you. <laughs> yeah. like, most of us, Romeo and Juliet was DiCaprio and Claire Danes. But uh, uh. Oh, that, that was the good cut. one. This yeah. was the good one, the uh, <laughs> Funko Zeffirelli version. So, so yeah, okay. So we we know you know we have a historic downtown, yeah. and so that that's part of the impact. So we were we were a rectangle. We were ending. You said at Applin Road. Is Applin that correct? Road, yes. If if you're listening to this, you're not super familiar with Crestview. Applin Road is there uh, across from where the original Eglin Federal Credit Union was built here in town is, and so. South of that, I'm not going to get into this too much because someone's going to be like, you're wrong. But uh, there wasn't a lot of expansion or development south south of Applin at that time. And then here comes the interstate. And so, of course, what begins to happen is people need to stop get gas. People need to get food. People need to do things if they're traveling. Why not? Let's build some, you know, some hotels, some motels down there. And uh, expansion just started going out from the interstate south and north and unfortunately we don't have an east west uh run in that area you have to come all the way up to 90 for that so the commerce stayed down there and expansion began down there we started building neighborhoods we started getting like john king area we started getting while pj, PJ eventually. you know well like old antioch it existed already it, yeah it was there. antioch and and Old Bethel, too, was another one that came later Yeah. Uh, after the interstate. I don't think the interstate necessarily drove that, but that just happened to come later. But it had been there, just like Old Antioch and, and John King yeah. and Live Oak Church Road was there. But they weren't in the city limits. Right. They weren't even close. So um, what happened then is we, we started developing, and then the city limits started expanding somewhat. Is that correct? Yeah, so the the other kind of boring statistic I have is is the number of annexation ordinances. Um, in the early days, we had some boundary adjustments that were done by state law, and that was actually accounted for about a thousand acres of growth um, out of that 2,500 that we had. And then we had one ordinance that was like t another 1,200 acres of growth. Um, so we really didn't have too many times that the city expanded. It was just a lot all at once. Okay. So like two, like just big... Just big, big jumps. And, and it would be like big squares, pretty much, that were being added. But then after 1972 until now, we've had a, approximately 200 or so 
annexations and the difference being that a lot of them are what are considered voluntary where the property owner comes to us and says hey i want to annex my land and we say okay and you know then we go through the process of of getting the land in the city but it was a lot more and and a lot more not just big squares like little chunks and specific areas and things like that yeah i mean i'm sure there were moments where like a developer was like i'm gonna come in and develop a subdivision here so let's annex all that but Mm -hmm. i imagine there was plenty of times where it was just once you had that development in there were people like well the city limit stuff's here well i can get on sewer i can get on water i can you know get get a fire department that is solely for me you know police department all those kinds of things and those things that do you do get when you pay taxes no one wants to pay taxes but in the reality taxes pay for things and um so so we have this we go from this moment of small bits of annexation but the city itself not really expanding its bounds that much and then we begin to develop and we begin to go through this process where we're consistently growing well it was more of at the beginning you'd have an annex you'd have an annexation that was for 1200 acres or you'd have an annexation that was for 300 acres it would say half of a half of a section or something like that and I, I haven't gotten a chance to look at many of the annexation ordinances from after 1972 but the ones that we have now some of them are for a third of an acre lot you know so now they are a lot of them are smaller but there are some bigger ones mixed in like we had the the redstone commons area and the schools and where shoal river landing is now going that was all one annexation okay in i think the the early to mid 2000s or maybe the late 90s i'm not super certain but we did have some recently that were big but a lot of them are are smaller which causes this less uniform pattern of growth so before you're adding big squares big rectangles to a rectangle and it's pretty uniform. But now you look and you have, under the interstate, you have everything branching off PJ. And you have everything branching off Redstone and, and th- kind of branching off onto John King. And then you look at the city limits in the, the old Bethel area and the Sioux Circle area. And it's kind of messy. Because you have people coming in who want to annex smaller pieces of land. And it, and it kind of jumbles it up a little bit. Well, the, that section is also, to me, that section is a little bit separate from where the real development was going on also yeah that's just kind of an incidental place where growth also happened i mean it makes sense that that you would get that on 90 but so so let's let's round back to it so we 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 have the interstate things start to grow down there things start to develop crestview starts to change and the reason why we're talking about that is also because that is happening again now um we're developing as as you mentioned in the redstone area there's a lot of development going on there We've got the east-west bypass that is being constructed, which is literally in the P.J. Adams area where there's a ton of growth. I, I think you threw out a statistic before the podcast, roughly a one-third of our interior city limits population is in that area. Is that, that that's a pretty rough estimation, but yeah. Okay. I, so I would I, I would say that's... I mean, I see the cars and the traffic. I'm not going <laughs> to argue with it. No. <laughs> yeah. I would say if, if you wanted to split it up, because I did some looking at when we did the voting district changes. You can kind of most evenly distribute our population south of I-10, in between I-10 and 90, and north of 90. Yeah. Each of those being one third. Yeah, and that and that makes that makes sense. I mean, if you 
if you've noticed, we have a vacancy coming up on the city council and actually applications opened up uh, yesterday for that. And that is what's called precinct three. And that is everything. Now it's everything North of highway 90 to the end of the contiguous or corporated or however you want to say it's city limits. And the um, interesting thing about that is when we redeveloped this idea of these precincts, it's, they are very much population stratas and they're pretty even across, mm-hmm. you know, across all of them. And it, and to me, the first time I saw the map, you know, when it, when someone was like, I need you to make an infographic about this cause we need to educate people on it. They're going to vote on it. They need to know what they're voting on. I'm like, okay. So I started doing my research and I'm looking at it, you know, and it, and it, it dawns on me in that moment, which is part of what made me want to try, you know, decide to do this episode is that that center one precinct two is what I would call like old Crestview. Yeah. You know, it's this strip. It's, it runs along highway 90, which was there in not along highway 90. It's, it's below 90, but it, 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 our, our districts all run East West. now, And, And pretty much that whole area was basically in the city as of 1939. Right. It's part of the original squares, you know, like we talked about well, in the even, last even, episode. Even and, going out east and west a little bit, yeah. 1939 I would is where I would date that whole center area pretty much down to Applin. Okay. And and that and you know, we've got we've got our main street section that runs down from there. So it's it's what you would call the older section of town, more the original section of the foundation of the town and all that. The railroad runs right through that same section as well and you know, all of these things that we're talking about. So it makes sense that then we would have precinct two, which is interstate south, right? So that's our that's that next that next area that we're talking about. Um I believe that's how the precinct runs, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's been a while since I've looked at that map, but I do think that that is how it is. Yeah. So when you when you bring that in, you know, that that's kind of how we are. So we we had that original section and now we're talking about this development of the second of this other section. So right now we have all of this going on. So so how does that relate to history? Well, what what happened when that began? So we talked about some of that. We started to have the subdivisions come in. We also had I know I know Eglin was around in, since World War Two or around World War Two, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. But we also had people actually starting to come up from the south and live here in Crestview. So we started having these developments. Yeah, and, and it's because Crestview had room to grow. Uh, when you look at communities like Niceville and Fort Walton Beach, um, they bump into Eglin or they bump into the Gulf of Mexico, and they really don't have that expansion space that we have. We can keep going north until the, you know, we, we encompass Laurel Hill. You know? and, right. And, and I mean, if, if you look at the, and I'm not going to, I don't have ac- like super accurate population t- statistics, but every time a new mission comes to Eglin, we get we get a significant bump in our population numbers like it's no secret that yeah i mean absolutely if you go and you look at some of the data um i think i had last season i had trey and uh bill tonin on and they, we talked about that someday the population explosion explosions we had in the in the late 2000s because we brought in a new development i think it was at hurlberg or duke one i can't remember and then we, Seven Special Forces when they came, yeah. I remember. Yeah, those as well. Um, that was a little bit later in the 2000s. But then when they came in, we got another huge, huge bump in the population. 6,500 6, people, I think. And 
I remember uh, public works director Wayne Steele standing before the council, kind of shaking his head and saying, I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. But luckily we had enough warning, so they were able to expand the uh, water system and the sewer system and the waste management plant. And um, so we were ready for them, and it was kind of exciting to see how the city came together and got all its ducks in the row in, in order to welcome the guys from the Army. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was, you know, all of a sudden we're going, oh, my goodness, you know, 6,500 people moving to town. Yeah. And it's become more because after that first round, then we've had a couple more rounds. Uh-huh. So we've, yeah. I think it's doubled probably. I think it's something I read is somewhere around 12,000 or more. So yeah. maybe. So yeah. we keep, I, I think that's what I read. I don't know. Don't, don't quote my statistics on that. But, um, but that, that is, uh, so, so right. So when, so that came in now, some of those, uh, families, they, they've gone into Baker and I know Baker's got a bit of some expansion. And so is Holt because of that. Um, but we have two a lot, you know, I mean, if you've gone behind the hospital into the Redstone area, um, it is exploding back there, you know, and more and more and more and more. And so, so that brings me around to what I wanted to talk about next, which is what we're doing to help kind of deal with that and, and, and where we're going with that. And that would be this idea of the, uh, a comp plan. Yeah, a comprehensive plan that helps us look at what we're going to do, where we're going, development wise, and you know, I believe it. Won't you tell us a little bit about it? Because I don't want to say things. That I don't. Yeah, so there's a, a state law that passed in 1985, referred to as the Growth Management Act, and so when that passed, they basically said, "Hey, local governments need to have a detailed, comprehensive plan," and they laid out the standards and says, "You, you know, you have to have all this in it." And so we established a comprehensive plan in 1990 um, along with our land development code. So we really didn't have, as far as I know that I have in in my records, you know, a very detailed plan that that had our goals and objectives and, you know, talking about traffic and infrastructure and all these things. So we established that first in 1990, and since then we've been amending it. Uh, It's kind of the same thing with our land development code, how we have recently done a big rework of that that will, to date me, become effective February 24th. Um, we also realized that we're going to have to do the same thing with our comp plan because in 1990, nobody really knew what was going to happen on Redstone. I think PJ was probably growing pretty well then, but Redstone very well may not even have been paved. I think Covell had some houses, but not Redstone. So there was a lot of stuff. It's been amended since then. You know, Band-Aids have been put on it, but we're recognizing now that so much more growth happened than they expected when they wrote that comp plan that it's, it's going to take some significant reworking. And so that's kind of the next step that we have. Um, they did it out of necessity, and they did. I wasn't around in 1990, but I'm assuming, you know, as good a job as they could have done when they made it. But you can't ex- you can't well, expect sixty five hundred people coming. Yeah, you can't. I mean, it's a it, it, yeah. No one in nineteen ninety knew that there was that that a decade over a decade later there was going to be an entire military base that yeah. was going to come and, and you, land at their feet. And you so. can't you can't quite you you can't just rewrite the. Whole, I mean, you can. That's what we're going to try to do is get the whole thing redone. Well, we're because it's changed so much. We're right. I mean, we're. 
I'm not going to say we're future-proofing it because that's not what we're doing, but we're building it. We're pulling it into the future. Yeah, I mean, like like they couldn't foresee everything that was going to happen after 1990 when they wrote it in 1990. We can't foresee everything that's going to happen in, in the coming decades for us, but we can take the knowledge we have of of how we've grown and the issues we've encountered and, and how we can do it better. And when we go into this new comp plan cycle with this new comp plan, we can gear it, hopefully, like you said, not future-proof, but but gear it so that we can be more prepared for future growth. Yeah, I think that's important. I think a lot of people spend time complaining about how we aren't we didn't prepare the roads right and mm-hmm. you know things like that. And sometimes it's just because some of those things take a lot longer than – the expansion itself does yeah like and some of it is being prepared and 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 sometimes it happens not where you were expecting it to happen yeah almost definitely when i worked for the newspaper i remember writing that northwest around old bethel road was going to be the next big growth spurt and yet it's still going on down off pj adams and to an extent off john king and and now old bethel's kind of the less dense yes developed exactly i mean there's still at least not too long ago, there was a sign saying "Future Home of a New Fire Station." Yeah. Well, and we're okay, so we're we're working on that. Actually, we're trying to find a better place for the fire station. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's still going to happen. You know, but it's not. But that it was spot, expected that was going to be the place, and it's like, oh my goodness, we better quick buy up this land while it's available to put a fire station on it because we're going to need it out here. And and I guess when the the bypass continues north of Highway eventually, 90, yeah, yeah, it's going to take. That's Phase Four. Yeah, I think so. That's going to take some years, but it yeah. it will it will increase yeah. what happens there yeah. when that does. So that that region's going to turn into another place, much like what's happening in the southern part uh, right now. So if we have this better comp plan in place, it'll allow us to be more prepared for that when it does yeah. happen. Yeah, and really, you know, looking at the old stuff that I have access to, <clears throat> like the old old maps and things like that, these bypass roads that we're proposing right now, I mean. People have been thinking about them for about 15 years. It, it may have been an issue with funding. You know, there, there could have been any issue. I don't know what the issue was. But even then, when we wrote the comp plan in 1990, that was 15 years before they were thinking about these roads. So now we're getting these roads put in, and the comprehensive plan as we have it right now, you know, doesn't really even take into account things like that. Yeah, but that's what you guys are working on updating it and making it better correct yeah of course okay so <laughs> um we're gonna do we're gonna do a little experiment here we're gonna end this episode um but brian and nick and i are going to continue this conversation into another episode and we're going to get more into um where we are now in crestview and where we're going some of these fun future things that we've established some understanding of where we were in the past and what happened and and what we're doing uh to try to help bring that forward so that's going to do it for this episode uh thank you brian my pleasure thank you nick no problem uh thank you crestview and then we'll uh, pick it back up in the next one thank you for joining me for this episode of civic view you can hear new episodes every friday on spotify pandora amazon audible podbean iHeartRadio, and on our website at www.cityofcrestview.org Civic View is a public affairs program produced and recorded right here at City Hall and is also featured Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. on WAAZ-FM and WJSB-AM. 
Our music is recorded, produced, and performed by Scott Holmes, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at City of Crestview. And with that, I'll say be safe, Crestview, and I'll catch you next time.